Seagulls are not very progressive. <laughs> they, they are many things, but progressive they are not. This is the CritterCast Podcast. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it's, um, um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, okay, so I was re-listening to some of our, like, first few episodes, Uh and then some of our recent episodes, and I feel like we've gotten, like, super factual, which is fun. Yeah. But, like, not as funny in the last, you know, recently. And I don't know whether... It just It doesn't feel like we're being as funny, and I think it's because we're, like, so focused on facts. Yeah. So who the heck cares about facts? (laughs) We want to do both here at CritterCast, obviously. We want to spread the knowledge and the love, but also, like, we're here to entertain ourselves, you, anybody that's listening, people that happen to hear us through our apartment walls. Who knows? Everybody. Our Um, resident ghost. (laughs) So that's why for episode 30, which is one of Karina's research (gasps) episodes. Episode 30! Yes! Episode 30 of CritterCast. um, I decided that we were going to, like, have facts, have them, but, like, there's fewer facts. So there's, like, plenty of room for wherever the conversation may take us. Oh. Because what's been happening is in editing, in order to keep to, you know, under an hour, Uh um, I'm cutting out a lot of our tangents to stick to a topic, which is totally fine. But, like, some of our tangents are pretty entertaining. So here's (laughs) what I'm hearing from you. I'm too awesome of a researcher. I've always told you that you research too much. <laughs> I, I phrase that a little differently, and I think the <laughs> phrasing is very important here. <laughs> what I'm saying is there should be room for, uh, like, whatever we want to chat about today, which is back to our, our CritterCast roots in that this is completely unscripted, and it's just two people having a conversation about an animal. And today we are talking Standing in about... front of a listener, <laughs> hoping that they'll like them. <laughs> Pouring my heart out. Um, today we're talking about... We decided to, to revisit the world of birds. Yay, birds! Caca, caca. Except for these birds don't caw. But um, oh, because it's been a while since we talked about a bird. I think the yeah. last bird we talked about... Was it crows? No. It had to have been after that. We didn't leave birds out for that long, did we? I can't remember any birds. I always refer to our Spotify playlist. Let's see. That's right, because we're streaming on Spotify. Turkeys, we did. Oh, right, turkeys. Yes. And then, oh my God, though. Yeah, it's since turkeys, since November, we haven't talked about a bird. Oh my gosh. So it was high time to return to the birds and chit chat. Now, today got a little complicated because I thought, there's so many birds I could do. Mm-hmm. What animal am I going to choose? And I thought, I want to talk about a bird I really like. And I love seagulls. It's weird. Oh. It's like I have a love-hate relationship with seagulls. I okay. grew up around a lot of them. Right. And they were, like, super annoying. And I think a lot of people think of seagulls as nuisances. Right. But I also low-key loved them. So, like, middle-key loved them. Um, so when I started researching seagulls, I was very confused to find that there are over 50 species right. of gulls, but they're not all what we would look at and say, ah, seagull. Right. So there's actually technically no specific bird called a seagull. So that's like a name for a grouping. Yeah. It's uh, like, it's even more complicated. Yeah. Like, 
There is um, two main, there's actually several, I have the exact numbers, but like today we're going to focus on one genus of what we call goals because there are multiple genera of goals. All right. Um, And today we're going to focus on this, the genus called Laris. Okay. Which is, I don't know how they break it down. I was unable to, to find that. Do you have any like thoughts or like predisposed things about seagulls well i i'm a little bit concerned that this episode might be for the birds <laughs> little i mean yeah <laughs> sorry i've been thinking about that one since you said birds and You're i like, just had to get it in just there just had to get it in there <laughs> um i'm yeah i've definitely heard the the concept that seagulls are like annoyances that they're like rats with wings they're the near water version of Pigeons, etc., etc. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've I suppose. never had any animosity towards seagulls myself, mm-hmm. and they always remind me of being in places that I love. Yeah, so I tend to love like coastal areas right. or waterfronts, and right. there's almost always some type of goal there. That being said, I respect the goal, <laughs> and I ain't gonna mess with the goal. Yeah, and I definitely am not going to trust Hold my on. food to a goal. Yes, I would not trust anything around seagulls. Right. For a reason, which we'll talk about. Um, In general, I think they're very cool, though. I had a best friend seagull. We'll talk about him later. Okay. Shush. Okay? It's possible. Uh Um, Uh-huh. What we recognize as goals or seagulls um, are part of a family, a Uh large family called Laridae. And then the genus Laris, like I said, is mm-hmm. the genus we're going to focus on today just because I wasn't, there's no way I was going to cover all 50 some odd oh, gosh. species. But no. I'm also not getting too specific to any one species. Okay. Because it's just, it's very hard to differentiate sure. when you get into the really similar species. Um, the the Laris genus is most of the goals that we would find on the northern hemisphere of the planet. Oh, okay. There are 27 current existing species of the Laris genus. Goodness. Um, the most common species that we would see in our area on the West Coast are California gulls, which sure. are Laris californicus, <laughs> Western gulls, which are Laris occidentalis, <laughs> okay. and the Herman's gull, which is Laris hermans. Okay, so Herman. <laughs> there are also nine other genera with dozens more species that make up over 50 species okay. of gulls in general, um, which is chaotic and I wasn't gonna look at all of them and honestly that sounds just like gulls right yeah You're like yeah, yeah. When we, chaotic so and I'm not us. gonna look at all of them I didn't that's how I feel about every goal <laughs> group that I see <laughs> I didn't realize when I started this journey that there were so many different types right. of seagulls I was like a seagull yeah is you know you think of them they're gray and they're white and they have yeah. little yellow beaks I I did know that particular fact because as we've discussed before my bo- my brother is um very much into animals yeah. and birds in particular yes um he enjoys bird watching he has studied some types of birds for some work that he's done um and I have gone bird watching with him and my dad in places where we've seen shorebirds yeah and gulls and I've made the mistake of asking. What kind of goal is that? Yeah. And and have been informed that it's very hard to tell. Yeah. In a flock of goals. Yeah. Because they are like they are. all mixed in. Right. They don't, don't really. stick just to their species, Not necessarily. Right? If you see like yeah. a whole grouping of goals, 
it could be a couple from one species and some from another species. Yeah. yeah, well, because flocks actually can be anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand oh. gulls, depending on the area. Okay. And so, yeah, sometimes it's all one species, depending yeah. on where they are, but they, they don't really care. They all mix in. And a lot of them look very similar. There, right. there may be size differences, so um, they range in size from anywhere as light as a quarter of a pound, four wow. ounces, um, and like about 11 inches long, yeah. all the way up to four pounds and 30 inches long. I think that's more what I think of when I think of You think couple. of big gulls. I think of the big ones. Yeah, that's with because... With a really hooked beak. Yeah, that's yeah. because the three species that we see most commonly are three of the medium to large species. Makes so sense. So they're pretty big. But then when you think about it, the size is only like a quarter pound all the way up to right. only four pounds is right. the largest. And we don't really have any that are quite that big. Right. Because again, just like when we talk about all birds, right. their weight is not proportional to how yeah. big they look. So it's hollow bones, man. They throw you off. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> um, most gulls, it, you'll be happy to know, live a healthy 10 to 15 years in the wild. In the wild? Yes. That's pretty common. I am happy to know that. Well, yeah. We don't really keep gulls in captivity. No, but I <laughs> I just generally don't think of animals in the wild as having as long having life that span. sort of a long life on average. Would you like to know the longest recorded goal ever? Like the longest lifespan of a I of a would. Goal? I sh- I should have said oldest, but I said longest, so we just went there. Yes. 49. Are you kidding me? 49. 49 for for one of the largest species of goals. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so and that's that's very abnormal. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. So other okay. record holding old ages are between like 25 and 30 years. Okay. But like this one in particular was just not going to die. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's very impressive. Yeah. I guess it kind of makes sense if you're thinking about the size and intelligence that that type of bird must have. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think of some sorts of parrots, yeah. they can live 50 to 100 years. Yeah. Um, I just don't usually think of birds as having that long Long lifespan in general. Yeah, and gulls are actually one of the top predators of their ecosystem. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we don't think of them when we think of, like, birds of prey. Right. But, like, they totally are. They got that hook beak for a reason. Yes, they do. Most absolutely. Speaking of uh, where they are found, would you like to take a guess at where seagulls live? Uh, Wait. Seagulls sounds like gulls sounds like girls said with a weird accent. <laughs> I'm gonna guess they're probably from like the middle of maybe the Arizona desert. <laughs> there are actually like one or two subspecies of gulls that live in dry inland deserts. Nailed it. So that's weird. Uh, for the most part, they live in coastal or wetland regions. Okay. But what I was getting at is, but um. Yes, that's right. That's a good drum roll. <laughs> Gulls live on every single continent, including Antarctica. Antarctica. Of yep. course they do. They are everywhere. They are literally worldwide, which wow. I find fascinating. So we haven't talked about a lot of critters that are worldwide. No, let's see. The other animals that we've talked about that are worldwide, snails? Is that? Snails. Yes, okay. they do. They live, some of them live... Um, Gastropods live throughout the entire world from the Arctic and an Antarctic oceans to the equatorial regions. Oh, because because of the the marine snails. Yes. That's what got me. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Which is it gets tricky. Are you gonna call it like living on the continent when it's in the 
in the coastal area. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, same goals fly. So can we call them? Anyway, keep going. They are migratory, like most birds. Okay. So they move to warmer weather in in the winter, and Fair. then they go back to their regular place when it gets spring again. I have many words. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Yeah, they are migratory, and um, not only do they live on, like, sea coasts, but uh-huh. they live near basically any body of water. They don't care right. if it's fresh water, salt water. They don't care if it's a lake, a river. They'll live anywhere that there's water. And like I said, there are one or two species that live in the desert, too. But for the most part, crazy gulls are water birds. Um, shore birds, the fancy term that you used earlier. What, uh, what, I, I think we probably already know this, but what do we think that seagulls eat? Oh, wait, 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 corn dogs. Um, that is definitely <laughs> on the list. <laughs> like, it, I think this was like when we were talking about the palaces cat with Jake, mm-hmm. there are fewer things we could probably better make a list of things they don't eat versus what they do eat. So technically, we would call them highly adaptable, opportunistic omnivores. Totally. Technically, Mm -hmm. most of what they eat is going to be carnivorous. Sure. But they they can eat seeds and fruits, so they're omnivores. Makes sense. Um, They are, this fancy word I looked up, charadriform? 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 How is it spelled? C-H-A-R-A-D-R-I-I-F-O-R-M. Oh, okay. A fun word. Um, This means that they can drink fresh water and salt water. Really? Because they have special glands in their heads that allow them to secrete extra salt to keep all their levels correct. Oh, cool. They can literally sweat salt out of holes in their head. Into their bloodstream? No, just like out. Out of their body completely. Oh, okay. So they can sweat any... Salt that they take in from salt water out yes, that yes. they can't process. Mm-hmm. <gasps> if it's like they have excess salt Amazing. salt in their like levels, they could just be like, oh, bye, peace out. But so what you're telling me is they're really sweaty though. I mean, I don't think it's sweat as much as it's just like salt. They're like, oil. <laughs> a little crusty Gross. oil. Coffee. Yeah. No. Um, which is, I thought, really cool. They will, I wrote, literally eat anything. Uh, some small examples include. Marine invertebrates, terrestrial arthropods, rodents, eggs, carrion, which is a, our fancy word for dead carcass. Right. Uh, reptiles, amphibians, literally human trash. Or oh, I thought you were going to say humans and I got very disturbed, but then I think actually, Also, I feel like they probably would if given the opportunity. Probably. Like, they can't eat a whole live human, but if given the opportunity, I think they'd probably try to eat, like, human remains. I feel like if there was, like, a decaying human carcass, they would just have at it. I feel like 100%. Because they're not picky. Also, I find it just, like, they don't care if things they find are dead or alive. They just, it's not, they'll just eat anything. Yeah. They literally do not care. Anything just goes right in the mouth. (laughs) Straight down the hatch. All the way down. Shake it. I put it in. And then just, (laughs) if it doesn't find its way out, down the hatch. (laughs) Accurate. They are... Characters from Star Kids Trail to Oregon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do eat some seeds and fruits as well. But that's oh, good. I'm glad that they maintain <laughs> a healthy balance. <laughs> that's more rare. Um, because there are so many different species and because they are so adaptable at eating, mm-hmm. they also have lots of different ways of getting food. The fancy words are plunge dive, which is that's when they're like up in the air yeah. and they dive down. Hover dip is when they're... Like, lower to the water level and just kind of casually dip in. 
Um, they also will search and forage on the ground or on the shore sure. for things. They, they'll do what a lot of seabirds do, too, where they'll take hard things up top and drop them on the rocks to crack them. They, like all other birds, have a gizzard for digesting hard materials like shells and husks and all that stuff. But they will try and pick around it as much as possible. Sure. Reduce the energy cost. Yeah. But, like, when I was a kid and a seagull ate my corn dog. That thing swallowed the whole corn dog stick and all. So you know they can digest anything. They, um, when they're diving for food, when they're hunting for food, mm-hmm. they cannot dive too deep. They're not deep diving birds like they, penguins. They can't breathe underwater. No. They can't store oxygen no. for deep dives. No. They don't have swim bladders to yep. control how deep they can go. All right. So they can do little casual dives, but they don't go down too far. But good enough for them because they're not picky. They'll eat anything. Right. doesn't matter. If they okay. get off the surface of the water, even better. They have, they do have a weird specialized way of eating mice, though. Really? Yeah. Not like nothing else was mentioned about specific ways they eat other th- uh-huh. things. Just mice, I guess. Like if they're out not near the water and they like pick up mice to eat, yeah, they'll eat them and then they'll bring them to the water and regurgitate them and like dip them in the water so that it gets. Salt water on it? No, so that I get the the theory at to first they brush thought off the fur. At first they thought that they they were only seeing breeding like females do this, and they thought they were cleaning them off. But then they saw males doing it not during breeding season, and what huh. they think they're doing is preventing them from getting caught in their throat because they're so dry, because they're oh. used to eating a lot of Sleek wet foods, things. right? Um, and so they think they'll regurgitate them and then just like make sure they're soggy so that they go down smoothly and they don't get caught. How about that? Yeah. They're That's not really as, smart. Not as nifty as snakes who can just ingest yeah, mice. Just like nobody Take business. them all the way down. Um, but they, they came up with a way to combat that because seagulls yeah. are actually smart little cookies. I see this. Smart, smart cookies. Um, they are oviparous, like most birds. Mm-hmm. They lay eggs. Mm-hmm. Eggs that we call clutches, as we do in reptiles and birds. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing. Also, they're monogamous. Aww. Cute, huh? Monogamous lifelong. For lifelong. Aww. Um, It has been observed, so for those that that are too lazy to think about fancy terminology, it means they mate for life. Uh-huh. Like, most people think of penguins when they think of birds that mate for life, but right. there are a lot of birds that mate for life, right. actually. Um, this doesn't mean that they, like, live together right. all the time. It just means that they come back to the same partners each mating season. Yeah. Um, and they generally also like to come back to the same nesting sites. Mm. And they get very territorial over their individual nesting sites. Okay. Like, I picked out this house. This little patch of ground is for me. This is the best place for a nest. And everybody else has to stay away. And they will work together to defend Fair. their territory and to defend their eggs. Yeah. Um, because that's very important to them. Teamwork makes the dream work. We have seen instances of seagull divorce <gasps> separation choosing a new mate mm-hmm. but they it actually will have a negative social effect on both seagulls really they like won't be able to find another mate for several years oh and gosh. they get kind of like outcasted from the group wow because everyone's like mm. it's pretty puritan <laughs> <laughs> you were an untouchable now oh. and oh that's that's pretty yeah, old-fashioned right wow you Not know what working. seagulls aren't progressive Wait, no, I was going to say they're not car insurance. (laughs) Oh, God. We're trying. We're reaching. We've lost all of our funniness. We're not funny anymore. We're just, we've burnt out. Because 30 episodes and we're not funny. 
Nope. We should just stop this right now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Please continue. Yes. Most gulls breed once a year. There is a breeding season that differs slightly from species to species, but it's generally three to five months long, always in the warmer months, sure. as most seasonal breeding animals are. Um, and most gulls will just breed the one time per year, okay. which is pretty common among birds, yeah. too, I think. Um, so the breeding season will start with gulls just kind of coming from all over to go back to that same area that the colony or is all from. And the the pairs that were already mated in previous years will find it find each other and those that are unmated that are new babies or new breeders um will start their courtship trying to find their it's very important please They're trying to find their forever the mate. there's not a lot of info Aww. about it there's it's a lot of standard stuff they don't have anything super cute like they don't bring little rocks no no rock they don't bringing. do any um twerking the, i mean they do dances but it, okay, the, they're not any good. of the like super fun exotic dances hey they're, you know what like don't be hating on their <laughs> white boy dances okay <laughs> they're a little white boy it's like they're you know they get the job done like i said it's kind of like a weird little puritan society yeah it's more like hello excuse me will you be my mate for life and then right. the females will usually say yeah sure <laughs> See, the thing is that's they have to be really careful about the dances they have to leave enough room for the holy spirit <laughs> <laughs> To dance in between. To dance in between, yep. Oh no, why did we get so religious? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, once they mate, as as long as there's no weird divorce, which doesn't usually happen, Mm -hmm. they just find their buds again and then they're like, let's go back to our nesting spot. If they have to defend it from other birds, they will do that. Yeah. Defend that. The older birds, obviously, they get there, they stake their claim, this is my territory, right. don't mess with it. And so the new ones have to be like, oh, man, let's go scope out what territories are undefended this year. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then they breed, and they most of the time they're building their nests in the ground. They like to dig a little bit of a hole and just bring some softer materials in. Well, do, do you know like what sorts of areas on the ground? Is it usually in the the sand itself like on the a lot of times it'll be like if there's any like rocky areas it'll still it'll be in the sand still but it's not going to be just like out in the middle of the beach it'll be like like, turtles no okay because they don't burying them yeah so they're they are going to be out there yeah now the adults will they take turns incubating male and female and they will always have somebody on the egg and and when the eggs hatch too they'll usually stay with their babies for two to three weeks until they fledge and they usually always leave one adult with them um to make sure that the babies are safe they're very very aggressive in protecting their young yeah which is kind of sweet you know you think about it like not all birds are like that but seagulls in particular want to make sure their young are well protected and have a good start to life. Makes so they sense. take really good care of their of their young. You know, it only takes, like I said, one, two, three weeks tops yeah. for them to fledge and yeah. get their little so wings. So it's a commitment start. during that time. So when we were learning more about crows, we found out that sometimes the juveniles mm-hmm. will stick around to help take care of the babies, defend the nest. Did you see anything about that with gulls? No. no. Okay. They all, they have really small clutches too. So oh. they have um, typically three, but even like the smaller species will have one or two only. Aww. They don't Babies. usually do more than three. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting because they'll lay the first two eggs pretty close together mm-hmm. and then sometimes the third egg will come a little bit later. Uh-huh. Um, but so it, it like that one will still be incubating when the other ones are already hatched out but the parents will take care of all the babies until individually they have fled the nest good job parents um and then 
and then they're kind of off to do their own thing. Some of the larger species of seagull actually take like two to five years to reach breeding age. Wow. So they kind of like get to live the bachelor life and do their thing and not be bothered with going back to the mating rituals until they're ready. Yeah. And then they start in on that. Um, In which case they just live out still at the... Probably go to Gull College. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It must be... Probably out in the middle of nowhere, you think. Probably. Just like a rock in the middle of the ocean. Probably get some goal internships. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they would do in those goal internships, but. Probably goal internships. There's probably some like pro diving internships and and some pizza wrangling internships. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, you know, why not? (laughs) (laughs) I I always think it's interesting when, when we as a society think about like nurturing animals we assume that like mammals are going to be the most nurturing mm-hmm. because they're warm and furry right. and they have Give life, life birth. births and then they take care of their mostly because a lot of mammals are born very helpless right and so like their their mothers have no choice but to take care of them right. because otherwise they would just die and that doesn't make sense for evolution purposes yeah and survival of the species absolutely but like birds you know, their babies are not born super great, but it only takes them a few weeks to yeah. to grow up and be ready. And yet they, they tend to be very nurturing parents a lot of the time. Way which, to go, birds. You no, know, and they, they're, they're colony birds, so they stick together well, in you, a group. You know what they say about birds? They Birds of a feather stick together. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't remember the phrase. <laughs> I knew where you were going, but for some reason I just couldn't, couldn't think of it. So we call seal like well, groups gold, of. Well, darn it! <laughs> <laughs> you told me to be funnier. Yeah. This is my funny. <laughs> is it just bad puns? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, I did. I did ask for it. Yeah. So I guess I can't say no. Yep. Um. We. I've said flocks. I've said colony. Those mm-hmm. are both acceptable terms for groups of seagulls. But we could also call it a squabble or a, a flotilla. No, nice. Or a scavenging. Oh, wow. Which Those are all great. Right? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. I, I like calling them a flock or a colony. Yeah. Usually you'll call them a flock, especially if they're like out doing stuff together. Sure. And a colony is kind of more of the name for like their breeding area. Right. When they're all just kind of like living. I assume you would only use flotilla if they were all on the water. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Like I... a flotilla of short, of uh, ships. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I'd never heard that word before. Or possibly. When I look at it written, it just looks like tortilla. When they're eating Mexican food, they might be a tortilla. <laughs> a, flor- a flotilla <laughs> of, of seagulls. I don't know. Now I want flautas. <sighs> oh, more Mexican food. Mm. They are surprisingly intelligent and curious birds. Yeah. They are capable of playing games with each other and with other species. Cute. They absolutely steal prey from other animals all the time, from each other and other animals. They are known to harass other animals. Unsurprised. For funsies. So basically, <sighs> they're shore versions of crows. Kind of, yeah. yeah. You know, they're, I don't A little think, less ritualized. Yes. They, they don't have any intense rituals, and they don't have 
quite as high intelligence. They don't have okay. uh, tool making capabilities okay. or anything fancy like that. Yeah. And they don't have any of those weird I can remember. Not that we've done studies on. Maybe they can remember humans. I don't know. They're like a mix between pigeons and crows. That is a terrifying mix. <laughs> no wonder people are, are like a so, little yeah. a little weirded out about ghosts. Yeah, yeah. They absolutely I think intelligence wise, they are probably closer to crows than pigeons. Yeah. But like they are in that mix. And also in that they're scavengers and very adaptable to living among humans and taking full advantage of living among humans. Right, right. There are plenty of disadvantages to living among humans, being that they don't have a lot of predators that are a danger to them, but all of the all of the marine pollution, all of the oil in the ocean, all of the trash floating around in the ocean, getting caught in fishing lines, nets, that's all a big problem for them. Sure, of course. So, you know, that's a disadvantage to living around humans or being impacted by humans. Living on an earth that humans have destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. Uh Uh-huh. Every episode we will mention that. Just be aware. Yep. Yep. You are contributing to a problem. Doomsday clock is counting down, my friends. Yeah, no. Uh, you, of course, our listeners who love seagulls and want to see them protected, you can help make sure by when you go to visit beaches, take some trash with you. Don't right. leave your trash, especially. Right. But, like, also, you know, if you see some trash, clean it up. Yeah. It's all of our beaches. It's if public property. see a piss- piece of plastic, pick it up. <laughs> you see a pile <laughs> Please don't try to pick if up If you piss. see someone pissing, pick them up. No. <laughs> Throw them off the beach. <laughs> Put them in the garbage. <laughs> uh, and also, of course, make sure that all of your plastic items that you use at home are disposed of properly. If possible, reduce your plastic use as much as possible. Absolutely. And um, also, hold accountable large corporations that overuse packaging mm-hmm. or unsustainable yeah. products. Did you hear about... Um, what is it? I think it's Trader Joe's vowed to reduce their their plastic use for for wrapping and no, I didn't hear about that storage by a boatload. Hmm. Yeah, I I like I said before, I don't shop at Trader Joe's. Oh, <laughs> it seems like I such. I saw an, it on the news. <laughs> I don't watch the news either uh, intentionally. There's I it's saw triggering. Saw it on the Daily Show. <laughs> Is that uh, the news? I, you know, it's some. It's if it's the only form of the news you can tolerate these days, then at least you're doing your part to stay somewhat informed. It's a dark world out there, friends. It is. Be a gull. Be a gull. Be a smart, adaptable scavenger. Yes, that's what we will all have to be <laughs> one day. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't hear anything about that. And like, we're not here being hypocrites. We are not living waste free. We are not living plastic free. But we do make sure anytime you have anything that could contaminate the environment that you are disposing of it properly. Recycle as much as you can wherever you can. Pay attention to those labels because a lot more can be recycled than you think. Make sure that if you ever have any of those nasty six-pack plastic rings, those are always cut. See a can holder, cut it up. Yep, because those can be very dangerous to all kinds of marine life, including seagulls. Um, and don't participate in illegal fishing in the ocean because that could be a problem for them too. Yep. Yeah. Especially like the net fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very bad for them. Individual fishers with fishing line and poles. And permits. And permits. In, yeah. In approved areas. Yes. Because <laughs> right. usually there has been studies to say this is not harming the environment to do, you know, no. to take a couple fish from Well, this especially area. depending on what type of fish you're fishing 
for. Yeah, yeah. Please don't fish for incredibly endangered fish. Don't fish for sharks. And don't fish at places where they spawn. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Honestly, also me, like, don't fish. Also. (laughs) I think fishing is so weird. (laughs) Don't fish by taking your gun and just shooting into the lake and fishing that way. Just shooting uh the fish. Sure. That takes all the sport out of it. Also, just like, fishing is boring. (laughs) Maybe find a new hobby. It's a philosophical sport. I hate going to any place where there's fishermen because I feel like if I'm just standing there, they feel the need to start a conversation with me to tell me about fishing. Fishermen (laughs) are very friendly. No, they're rude. (laughs) And it's required that they spread the gospel of the fish. Uh, No. I just, I can't do it. Like, I... Every time I just like, I'm just trying to enjoy a nice view on a pier and there's fishermen there and there's stinky dead fish and I just can't handle it. And it's going to be delicious for dinner. See, no. that's when you strike up a conversation and you're like, hey. See, I also don't really like fish, fish. So, you know, there's this, this thing for me. I just think I'd like to avoid it in general. Gull. But clean up your beaches. Take care of your plastic. Save the gulls. They're not really, they're non-threatened, but they are protected in California because in the early 90s, there was a dip in breedings in certain areas along the California coast, um, and they were all worried, so there was a lot of protections put on them, but they have since spiked back up, and nobody's really worried we're going to lose seagulls, but... but still, be kind to them as you are kind to all of your critter friends, as is the rule. Yes. You want to know something weird? What? So we talked about how on the West Coast we see a bird called the California gull. Yeah. Which you would think, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that must be, like, that must be the bird we have here. Yeah. Which, it is one of the birds we have here. Uh-huh. But also, did you know that it is the official state bird of Utah? Utah. And, oh. like, a symbol for Mormonism. Is it because of the Salt Lake? The yes. Great Salt Lake? Yes. Okay. But still, it's the only bird that has the honor of being an icon for a state that is not its name. That's so interesting. I I kind of think, way to go, Utah. Bucking the system, right? Doing the unexpected. So I don't know why. Branching like, out. I don't know why I compared them to Puritans when they're clearly Mormons. Clearly. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's the reality here. Um, in some cultures, gulls symbolize freedom, versatility, and a carefree lifestyle. Ah, uh-huh. Because much that. like honey bears, honey badgers, they just don't care. um it's i i don't know that that's just who they are yeah yeah it's i think one specifically was irish culture because again there's a lot of coast in ireland obviously it's an it's an island absolutely and uh there's gulls in ireland and they are yeah they're they're pretty living their free life yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah because they go pretty far inland and i think there's probably seagulls all over ireland makes sense because it's a pretty narrow iron yeah yeah and lots of good rocky cliffs for nests and protecting nests and hanging out yeah roosting you know really to do adequate research we should probably go to ireland absolutely i would absolutely go to ireland just um join our patreon yeah (laughs) (laughs) who wants to pay for that there you go um so you know the hitchcock movie the birds right yes i do yes yes i've never seen it full disclosure but it was one of the most terrifying movies of my mother's childhood oh she's still a little afraid of birds for that reason uh and we know i know we talked about crows being one of the major birds in alfred hitchcock's the birds but herring seagulls are also 
like they are some of the most prominent human stalkers in the birds. Wait, what? Uh, it's a type of seagull, herring seagull. And they're human stalkers in yes. the birds? Wait, yeah. are they... They're the ones that are kind of like always... Were they the ones that were trained to do that for the filming? Or are they the... Is that how they're identified in the film? Both. <gasps> um, and it's actually not that inaccurate. <laughs> that particular type of seagull has been known to intentionally follow and harass humans in order to get their, their goodies. <gasps> to ransack their picnics. No! Yep. Wow. Yeah, they're a little bit jerks. But Goals. we, you know, we I'm love crows and they're a little you. bit jerks too. Okay, so, fair. You know. That's, and I do like a good bad boy and, fictionally <laughs> every now and then. And also, like... We are ruining their environment, so they're just making the best out of it by taking our food. Even though I was mad that that seagull straight up ate an entire $8 San Francisco Zoo corn dog. $8 for a single corn dog. Mm -hmm. It didn't even come with chips. What was the zoo? I know. Of course it didn't. They're like, it benefits the animals. And I'm like, okay, I'll pay $8 for a corn dog. Also, did you get a bite of it at all? No. Oh, man. I got nothing. because oh, man. So I bought two. I was a kid. So yeah. my mom bought me two because she knew that one wouldn't be enough because they're they're not yeah. big corn dogs. Yeah, they're not like and the then, state fair like, corn dogs. I put them down. No, God, no. Yeah. I put it down on the table and then I went back into help. You put the rest it down the on the table. There were people out there. My younger siblings were there. And then when I came back, I saw a bird like mid-swallowing my corn dog <gasps> and flying away at the same time because, you know, they're fast. They get in and out of what there. What were your siblings and doing? And I said, why were you guys watching my food? And this lady at the table next to them was like, they had no chance. It was so fast. I was sitting right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I can't get mad at them for that. But Seagulls still. don't care. No. Like, and this is like, this isn't even on the coast. I mean, the San Francisco Zoo is very close to the ocean. Mm-hmm. But like, we're in the middle of the, the zoo. Yeah. And the seagulls are like, there's food here. Fresh food. Wow. They'll dig through the trash. They'll eat. Like, I went to school in um in south san francisco when i was in elementary school which is not super close to the ocean but definitely close enough for shoreline birds to wander inland sure um and you know we would eat our lunch in the cafeteria and we weren't supposed to bring food out onto the schoolyard but like because of the danger of absolutely but food would make its way out onto the schoolyard of course it would and when we had ice cream fridays we were allowed to bring our ice cream outside with us gee i Uh, wonder why and so like there were always (laughs) birds around like Uh they like hundreds around oh my gosh. but then like when the like when the lunch bell would ring and all the kids would start going inside yeah it would be like swoop down just a oh bunch of them gosh. like immediately in there for the leftovers wow. like whatever was left behind they knew what time to show up a hundred percent oh my gosh they knew our bell that's they brilliant. knew our schedule they're like oh yeah. Guys, dinner. Also, like, way more instances of kids having to go home or, like, having their parents bring changes of clothes because they were, like, because they had seagull poop on them. Of course. Like, yeah. I came to school. I moved up to Sacramento, and, like, that was never a thing anymore. No. Like, people just, and if they were pooped on, it wasn't seagulls. No, it was no. smaller birds, usually. Or, or bigger birds. Where I'm from, I've had some students get pooped on by Canadian geese before. No. Yeah. Well, that's got to be horrendous. Yeah. You said the worst. Yeah. I almost talked about geese. And then I thought, I'm not ready to traumatize myself yet. You know what? I have a good Canadian goose story, but we'll get there eventually. But in particular, I have one one seagull story. So I mentioned Pookie at the beginning of this episode. This is your best friend? Now I will explain to you Pookie. Okay. 
So where I went to school, there was, like I said, hundreds of seagulls, and most of them were that very classic white head, gray body, you know, right. the mine, mine, mine yes. seagulls that you would see in Finding Nemo. Yeah. Um, but a couple of them had more, like, gray speckling, which right. is actually a sign of a younger seagull. Now, oh. I know that now. Okay. I thought... Makes sense. I thought that some of them were just special. Yeah. I didn't realize that was, like, young males that haven't grown into breeding age yet. Uh-huh. They kind of grow into their colors. Um, so there was one bird in particular that was around for, like, at least three years. My last, like, three years at school there. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, gray and speckled and would always, like, come close to me while I was outside. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my friends were mean to me and I didn't have any friends to hang out with, so I would just do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Fine. It was fine. This, I was a pretty independent this child. This is what happens sometimes at that particular age. Yes. The drama is real. The struggle like, is real. Like, literally, because we used to put on shows oh, of at lunch. Of course. And I got kicked out of a number of productions. Wow. I know. I got kicked out of a production of Grease, which is fine because they had me playing Jan anyway, and nobody wants to play nobody Jan. Nobody wants to be Jan. Come on. She's the worst character. Yeah, come on. She's just there. Anyway. Ridiculous. Um, so, like, sometimes I would just be doing my own thing and, like, painting with um, the iceberg flowers. So, if you ever seen, like, an iceberg plant, when they flower... So, the iceberg plants are, like, the spear-shaped... Right. And that in and of itself, you can kind of get like a somewhat green color out of those. Uh-huh. But when they flower, they have purple, pink, and like bluish flowers. Uh-huh. And then like the big yellow center. So if you like crush those up on the concrete that was all over my playground, you can kind of like paint little pictures. Like with dandelions. Yeah. yeah. But they're like, they're but big. Way better. So yeah. it was fun. So I was doing that once. And that was when I first met Pookie. <gasps> and he just like came and just kind of hung near me. I didn't have any food. I didn't have anything. He was just there. Okay. And I felt I had a soul connection with this bird. All right. And he was my best friend for a couple of years. Aww. And now anytime I'm anywhere and I see a bird that looks like that, I think, that's Pokey. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is so wrong. That's so sweet <laughs> and though. And probably also, it was not the same bird. Now that I know that oh. like it's a young adult thing, maybe I just like right. young adult seagulls had a weird thing for and me. <laughs> maybe they saw you with something in your hands. And they were like, and oh, they, they hadn't quite learned the difference yeah. between food and like and they probably would yet. have tried to eat it right. and then been like, yeah. not satisfying. Yeah. And but, so the older ones are like, mm, I'm gonna wait for that box of French fries over there. But like Pookie was yeah. my was my boo. And now my goal is to like have a gray speckled pet at some point and call it Pookie. That is my that's my fun personal story about seagulls. Awesome. Do you have a fun personal story about seagulls? No. No? <laughs> do you have, like, a personal connection to seagulls? Uh, After this episode, do you have a, an affection for seagulls? I, I do have a better appreciation for seagulls. I do feel like I really hope that there's some mythology where they're considered uh, tricksters like crow and coyote are in some mythology. Yeah. I mean. That seems like it would be really appropriate. It would tie in with their carefree nature. Yeah. For sure. But yeah. I just feel like. They're not devious enough to have that so, mythology. They're not smart enough to be tricksters. Yeah, you know, because they're, they're just, just like, kind of... they're, they're more like the Dionyses instead of gotcha. the Lokis, you know? Okay. I know yeah. that's two different groupings of mythology. Right. but it makes but sense But like, though. it's that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. They're just here for a good time. Yeah, yeah. But also sometimes a long time. 
here for both. Instead of being those animals that are like live my life for like what the two years I get. Right. No, they get like a solid amount of time to live up life. Twenty four hours I get. Yeah. (laughs) I like it because you know sometimes we talk about animals that live for so long. We talk about reptiles; they live for so long, but they just kind of survive. Yeah. Like they go through the motions. They eat. They poop. They mate. They do their thing. Yeah. But seagulls are like. Living life. Kind of living it up right? a little They're bit. They're like, yeah, we'll hang around For you. For sure. Yeah, we'll follow these people. We, I, like, firmly believe, and I think there's behavioral, enough behavioral evidence to conclude that they absolutely do target and poop on people, like, as a game. <laughs> I think that's got to be one of their games. I, I feel like we've proven that already here. <laughs> Conclusively. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, kid, what'd you say? You don't want to take that out of the test? I'll get you out of that. <laughs> you know? Or just, that one nice. looks fun. That looks like a good target. I think redheaded people are probably at a high risk. <gasps> no! It's like a target, a bullseye right down there. Okay, then purple-headed people have to be even more of a risk. No, uh uh-huh. Purple is a pleasant, calming color. Yes, but it would be a perfect uh, color combination with the color of seagull poop. Whatever. That whitish gray. Yeah, it'd be Gross. great. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Ruru, could you get picked up by a seagull? <laughs> they might. A big seagull? Who thought try. he was a chicken fillet? Yeah. 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 He's a little big for them, for live prey. You're lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ruru. So that's what I have about seagulls. Short and sweet. Yeah. That was really interesting. Living it up. Goal, goal, goals. I don't know. It's a so fun, wait, wait, it's a wait, fun wait. word. Our goals... Goals? <laughs> yes. Hashtag, Hashtag goal goals. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's my new goal in life is yeah. to live life as carefree and as non-caring at the same time, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Hashtag be the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Be the goal you want to see in the world. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think Finding Nemo did them dirty. I mean, a little, but also, I think it was also in some ways quite accurate. No. Mine. No. Well, okay. Finding Nemo. No. No, they did him dirty. Oh, They were like the dumbest animals in the whole movie. That's true. And that can't possibly be true. Yeah, I don't think they're that I feel like if the pelicans could have intelligent conversations and like have water cooler discussions, so could the seagulls. Agreed. Unfair. Absolutely. I mean, accurate that they would eat anything and everything. That was accurate. Yeah. But I think they would just have a little bit more conversation about it. Well, and they would eat a lot of things and then they'd probably pick up one of the little baggies of fish and toss it around a a bit to have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. the fact that they that all the fish get out of the dentist office and are just floating around in a bag there. Yeah, that would have been like, a blast. That a seagull would have been on that. Right. Like, or immediately. Like, okay. Okay, Chad. <laughs> I bet I can hit three out of five of those. Yeah. How many do you think you can poop on? Yeah. yeah. Whoever whoever breaks it open gets to eat all the fish. <laughs> First one. First one there. Accurate. You know, they got to they gotta entertain themselves. Yeah. For sure. They don't have TV. They have to make their own fun. I bet they watch TV through windows. That seems accurate. (laughs) I bet they do. To see all of the pictures of seagulls and of kittens and of naked chicken breast roux, (laughs) (laughs) make sure that you're following us on all of our social media. We are Cast Critter on Twitter. Rhymes. I like that. Yes, Yes. it does. Uh, You can always find us on Instagram at CritterCastPodcast. 
And then we are on Facebook as CritterCast. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook and YouTube and Patreon yeah. as just CritterCast. Just CritterCast. And then um, the email is where we had to add in the podcast. Yeah. So CritterCastPodcast at gmail.com. The website, CritterCastPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because CritterCast was taken and they didn't want to give it up. So whatever. CritterCastPodcast. Even though they only did one com. episode. And then, okay. Anyway. You can find us on all those places. Yes. You can also listen to us streaming. I, I'm assuming if you're listening to us right now that you have figured out how to listen to us streaming. Awesome. Congratulations. You're yes. so smart and attractive. If you ever. What? <laughs> our listeners okay no yes weird they're smart and attractive no. and they always fold their towels before putting them away in the closet i don't understand where this is coming from i'm just saying they clearly are superior people i'm so confused <laughs> and uncomfortable <laughs> anyhow you can listen to us streaming through our website criticastpodcast.com you can listen on itunes on Google's whatever they have. Google Podcasts. Yes, Google yeah. Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Spotify. And Spotify. And Podcaster. Then, yeah, all Twitch, those normal all places. So, And if you find somewhere where we're not, let us know. We would like to be accessible to everybody. Yep. Also, if you are listening regularly and you're enjoying the show, we would love to hear feedback from you. Let us know how you're liking it. Let us know what animals you want to hear about otherwise so. Karina's just gonna keep choosing weird animal best friends she had help <laughs> <laughs> send help <laughs> uh and also please if you could take a couple of minutes to rate and review on itunes or on facebook we would really really appreciate that those really help us to find new listeners yes. people who probably are looking for this exact blend of animal comedy and education from two really smart and hilarious women and they just don't know that we're out there yet. So if you could please spread the word by word of mouth and then also leave a review, we would just be so darn appreciative. Thank you so much. If you have a podcast you would like us to check out, please let us know. We are yeah. more than happy to do continual promo swaps. Please, if you yes. leave us a review, we're more than happy to give you a listen and leave you a review too. And I know Cassie's always looking for new podcasts to listen to. I am. I so usually listen to Recommend your favorite podcast to us. And true crime. And that has gotten so dark and depressing recently. So I have stopped listening to my true crime and to my politics. I know. I I check in a little bit. New recommendations needed for excellent podcasts. Please, please. I do want to say we have a couple of our favorite other podcasts too. And we uh, tweet about them all the time. So if you want to check out our podcast recommendations. them on Instagram. Yep. And on Twitter and Facebook. So yeah. Let us know yours. Check out ours. That's about all I have to say. That's going to be it for today. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile.